oh my god what a nice moment michael is like really stepping up his dad and then i'm thinking they're like michael it's your turn i'm like what a perfect opportunity for him to say actually i'm gonna let my son take my turn and he goes ah fuck you kid i'm gonna go play golf fucking ridiculous You sound horrible. Thanks. <laughs> and how is your week, Ben? Uh, okay, yeah, I'm a little bit sick. Disclaimer, I've taken two COVID tests. I do not have COVID, but I'm a little sniffly and I've had a cough. So I'll try to not sniffle. Zane has already yelled at me before we even started recording for sniffing into the mic. So I'm sorry for having normally bodily normal bodily functions. I wrote the synopsis again this week. I'm so proud of you. No, okay, but before we get to that, I have to tell you about this dream I had. So for context, I just now watched the episode today, but like three days ago, I had a dream that I don't remember if I was in it or if it was just an episode of Lost, but it was Locke and he turned into a demon. And I think it's because I just watched the first episode of the new season of Lock and Key and they have like people that like will like turn into demons so i think i was mashing the shows together but the funny thing about the dream was that in the dream it like ended and all i thought not that lock turned into a demon all i thought was what the fuck this was supposed to be a saeed episode this wasn't about (laughs) saeed at all and so yeah i uh this is taking over my life awake and asleep it's about time yeah so it's kind of No spoiler, but it would have been really funny had you had a dream about loss before next week's episode, since it does start with a dream sequence. Does it? I tell you that now because you won't remember it. Don't tell me who it's about yet because I'm going to guess later. I'm very excited to discuss the guess. Let's get into the episode. Okay. So I don't know if you read the Hulu synopsis. No, I don't. Well, today I did, but it was just like one sentence. Okay. I want you to read your synopsis, and then I'm (laughs) going to read the Hulu synopsis, and I want you to remember the episode and just think about if this really is an accurate representation of the episode. Okay. I feel like you're trying to talk shit about my synopsis. No, no, no. I'm going to be talking mad shit about Hulu in about five seconds. Okay, because I'm like... My, you haven't even seen my synopsis. I black it out for everybody listening. I don't let Zane see it. Saeed stumbles upon a power line that leads him into the trap of the French woman. She's real. The torturer becomes the tortured while the rest of the people golf their worries away. That's a good one. Thanks. Right, here's Hulu's synopsis. We flash back to Saeed's childhood best friend, Nadia. That's it? That's it. That's really shitty. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. Fake fan. I forgot that they knew each other from childhood. I remembered the relationship that they formed in the flashbacks, but I forgot that it stemmed from the fact that they knew each other. So yeah, there's only I, like one little scene about it where she's right. like, oh, I bullied you because yeah. I had a crush on you or whatever. So I forgot about that line. When I first read the synopsis, I was like, are they even friends? Like, where did where the hell did that come from? I just thought it was so bad. So I've been going back and reading synopsises, and some of them just, like, don't even reference, like, what's going on. Like, Sun's episode, 
uh, House of the Rising Sun. Talks about Locke. Get your shit together, Hulu. All right, quick bits. I got some fun ones today. Danielle mentioned that her vessel was three days out from Tahiti. That would place her boat somewhere due east of Australia. So we have an idea where the island is now. This is the first episode to mention the others. Okay. This episode was directed by Greg Yantes. Yantes? Y-A-I-T-A-N-E-S. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that. What does Greg do outside of Lost? He's directed three episodes of House of the Dragon. Uh, are you caught up on that? Yes. Uh, Some fucked up shit. Uh, oh my God. I'm sorry. Real quick. We were watching it. And then like, you know, what we're barfing about started to happen. At and the Andrew- time of recording, we're talking about episode four. Yes. Okay. Episode four. And it's like happening. And Andrew goes, this isn't really happening. No, this is, this is like a, a hallucination or something. Maybe she's like imagining it, like what could happen. And then it keeps going and we're like, oh, oh no. Oh no, that's really, that's really happening. I mean, look, we know that Game of Thrones is, is nice and incesty, but like, disgusting. Dad okay. and I were watching it and it was, it's, you know, classic Game of Thrones. It's pitch black when you're watching it. So if you have a glare on the TV, you don't know what's what's happening. So dad is like watching it and it's like this, you know, spoiler, it's uncle and and niece making out and he's trying to get it up and he can't. And and I'm just disgusted. And dad's saying, what the fuck is happening? I can't see anything. <laughs> I had to narrate what was happening because from my angle, I could see it. And from his angle, he couldn't. Okay, go back to quick bits. We're so... <laughs> We've done nothing with Lost today. Nope. He also has directed 30 episodes of House, which I love House. Great show. Three episodes of Prison Break, three episodes of Bones, and at least one episode of each of the original three CSIs, and two more episodes of Lost. So this guy does a bunch of shit that I like, which makes sense because this episode, really fucking good. I mentioned to you, Lauren, that a lot of the characters' names come from actual people in history. Let's learn about Danielle Rousseau. Danielle Rousseau most likely gets her namesake from philosopher Jean-Jacques Rousseau, who believed in the social contract theory, or Henry Rousseau, who was a French painter whose paintings depicted a lot of jungle scenes. So either would make sense. Or both. Or both. And lastly, this one's a sad one. The actress that plays Danielle, Mira Furlan, passed away in January of 2021 at the age of 65. R.I.P. Yes. I was very sad when I heard the news. I believe she's like the first major person from Lost to pass away, at least that I'm aware of. To highlight how amazing she was, she was once described as Yugoslavia's answer to Meryl Streep. That's where she's from? Yes. If you nice. look at her IMDb, it's like a, it's like loss and then a bunch of shit I've never heard of. Nice. All right, let's get into it. The opening scene is Saeed alone on the beach, looking at pictures of Nadia and reading the letter written on the back. With a sad expression, he scans the beach and he sees a cable buried in the sand. Uh, he digs that cable up. One side goes into the jungle and the other goes into the water. He follows it through the jungle. Back on the beach camp, Sawyer is getting his bandage changed very roughly by Jack, 
And Sawyer says that he is doing it because he's trying to clear his conscience since he was the one who let the torture go too far. Jack says that he's only doing it because no one else gives a shit about him, but Sawyer claps back with, but Kate does. But Jack throws the bandages at Sawyer and tells him to change his own damn bandages. How much guilt do you think Jack is feeling about that whole situation? And how much do you think he should feel? I think he's probably feeling a medium amount of guilt and that it's only lessened by the fact that Sawyer is Sawyer. I don't think it's not all his fault. Like he didn't stop it. I think this goes into the whole, like he's the leader thing, but like Saeed did it. Oh, big time. So like, I mean, he let him do it and he's the leader, but like, he's not really the leader. And the whole, like, it got out of hand. You know who should really be feeling guilt, but, like, is not getting any blame at all is Locke. The fuck did Locke do? Gave Saeed the knife and stoked the flame that Sawyer was the one who sabotaged the transceiver equipment. Okay, giving him the knife, I don't think that's that big of a deal. And if that's what Locke thought, I mean, he shouldn't just be, like, speculating without any evidence or whatever. But once again, I feel like it's fucking Locke trying to play God. I don't know. You know what? I had a thought about Locke and I'm just going to share it completely unfounded. Like I, th- now you have to keep in mind that I know that the others exist, but I don't know anything about them. I just know that they're like the enemy or whatever. I don't know why, but I was watching today, like Locke kind of being like away from the group the whole time. And I was just thinking like, what if like a big twist in this show is that Locke like joins the others I just feel like because he has this big, like, connection to the island, like, he feels like the island is, like, all-knowing or whatever. And, like, I don't know. That's what I was just thinking today. I was, like, I could see Locke just, like, running away to join the people that, like, live on this island. You haven't that- even met the others, and you're just fucking throwing outlandish theories out there. It's It's not about them. It's just, like, Locke doesn't seem to be amongst all the other people with, like, oh, we got to get off this island. Like, he's just, like, fucking... I don't know. He's, like, started his whole life over on this thing. I, I know. It's not about him. The episode's not about him. It's just what I thought today. So Jack finds Kate staring at the direction that Saeed left. We learned it's been two days. And Jack says he will come back when he finds the French transmission. But Kate says that he only left because of what he did. Jack says that it was an accident. And Kate says accidents happen when you let someone be tortured. Yeah, when he said it was an accident, I'm like, I don't think he left because, oops, I accidentally cut Sawyer's arm open or whatever. He left left because because the whole thing. Though he did the whole thing. I'm like, Jack, you're kind of stupid right now, honestly. I wonder if he would have left if the bamboo worked. Like if he does the little bamboo under the fingernails and Sawyer's like, oh, fuck, that hurt. I don't have it. I'm serious. If that was it. Maybe so I'd be like, oh, perfect. I don't know. I feel like it's one of those things. It's like you kind of, he opened the jar. Yeah. He like, think of it almost like an addiction. Like an alcoholic saying, I'll just have one drink. Like that doesn't work. So I think like as soon as you start the torture, that's it. He's, He's back into torture land. Back with Saeed, he's following the cable and finds a trip wire in the jungle. He carefully steps over it and then immediately steps on a pressure plate that triggers a rope trap that slams him into a tree 
and a branch punctures his leg and he passes out. Dude, this show, the music, like whoever is does the music on this show does such a good job because like I was so freaked out in this scene when he's stepping over the tripwire and I'm like, I just know something terrible is about to happen because this music was making me cover my eyes. That would be Michael Giacchino. And yes, he's won some Emmys. Good job, Michael. I'm not going to try to say your last name because I'm not going to say it right. The wherewithal to set up two traps back to back in case you notice the first one to step over it. Yeah, pretty good. Rousseau knows what she's doing. But how does she get it so perfectly? Like, I guess I couldn't tell how narrow that point was for him to step over. Like, what if he had stepped a foot to the right or something? She's been there for 16 years. I'm sure she has some idea of what she's doing. Yeah, obviously she got him and he's a smart dude. Later that night, Saeed is still in the trap and he's praying, but he's interrupted when he hears movement throughout the jungle. Suddenly he's cut down from the trap. He lands on his head. He sees someone holding a knife and he passes out. Do you think that the way that they did this scene, you're not, you can't tell who it is. And it's like a trap similar to what we've seen lock set. And then you just see the knife. Are they kind of setting it up to where we're supposed to think that it's lock or is, am I just reading too much into it? If I guess lock somehow got out there fast enough to make a trap that Saeed just happened to stumble into, people would be like, has anyone seen Locke? Yeah, I guess that's true. I didn't think it was Locke. I just kind of like, as they're leading up to right. this reveal, I was like, that kind of seems like they're hinting at Locke yeah. instead of a new person. But I can I see how you would think that, person. especially since at this point, you're not supposed to have any idea who the others are. So it right. would make sense if you got there but I don't think that was the intention at all. Jack tends to a man who has hives and is freaking out. Let it be noted that Sun is playing nurse. And Hurley points out that everyone at camp is tense and angry and they need something to do. And Jack just says, well, things could be worse. Hurley very comedically says, how? What are your thoughts on Hurley's beliefs that like, they need something to take their mind off just how shit everything is. Honestly, what I was thinking was like, they're at this beautiful destination. Obviously they're thinking we're stuck here, blah, blah, blah. But I was thinking people pay to vacation at places like this for like a week. And all they do is just like sit on the beach. And now they're like, Oh, what do we do? But I honestly, I started to write that in my notes. And then I was like, that's a stupid thought. They're crash landed there. They don't have like Mai Tais and daiquiris to sit in their lounge chairs and like go sleep. Sawyer in their- might. Yeah, true. But it is like a beautiful place. I think you would need something to do because otherwise you're just going to go crazy. Yeah, especially Walt. That kid's probably got to be bored out of his mind. Oh, uh, you know what? I didn't really think that we got a lot of looks at Walt today. Maybe I'll add him to my guess of who's next week. Saeed awakes to Danielle asking him in multiple languages, where is Alex? Bilingual queen. That's a lot more than two. Oh, yeah. I forgot that bilingual just means 
two. Okay, multilingual queen. Saeed doesn't understand and is electrocuted. He looks around and realizes he's in some sort of bunker and, you know, he's being tortured. Oh, how the turntables. We get our first flashback. Saeed is torturing someone in a military prison. He appears to be looking for some sort of information on a bombing and he's trying to force a confession. Saeed tells his superior officer that the man knows nothing and he is told that his request to be moved to the intelligence division was put in. As he's being told of a potential promotion, he spots Nadia and stares at her intensely. We learn the superior officer's name is Omar and they appear to be friends because he tells him to stop calling him sir. And when Omar leaves, he looks at Nadia again. Here's your first look at Saeed pre-island. What do you think? Hot. Even without, with the, with the shorter hair? Yeah. You know what my problem with the flashbacks in this show are? Mm. They don't give us any like clues of when it is, how far before the island is it. And because it's the same actors... You're just like, I got nothing. Now, at the end of the episode, he says how he has thought about Nadia for seven years. At the end of the episode, it's been seven years at least. But I mean, like the only really sign of like the timeline is Saeed has shorter hair. Yeah, but I guess just it is the timeline relevant. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it, to our curiosity. But you said that they like fill in gaps later, yeah. right? They, they're... It's easy for them to be like, yeah, we don't know when this is. So we can always say, oh, this was earlier. Or this was later. So Locke and random background character number 25, who we learned his name is Ethan, returned to the caves from the jungles and they found some luggage. We learned that Ethan has been hunting with Locke and has some background in hunting and they're trying to find for other game that's not boar. They've been so. really, I guess just the two, but like this is the first episode where like, they include the background characters at all, except for the one where one of them died and we still didn't even really see her except for her fucking hand. Like, yeah. help! But we also got uh, Scott and Steve. Okay, for like a second. Well, we only got Ethan for like a second in this one. I know, but I think it's just paired with the Hives guy who we didn't even get a name for. But he shows up, he has like three different scenes. Yeah. Go Hives guy. We're finally getting some people. Hurley starts to look through the luggage. And Walt asks Locke if he can join on the next hunt, but Michael just shuts it down immediately. Do you have any thoughts on Michael not letting Walt talk to Locke? The whole not talking to Locke thing. Would I let my kid talk to Locke? Probably not. Would I let him go on a hunt? Absolutely not. Are you joking? That jungle is fucking crazy. Great call, Michael. Absolutely not. Funny thing is at this point, we later find out, Michael doesn't know about the polar bear. Oh, true. But they've seen like the, the that's me being the monster. And then how he like knocks down the trees. Like they know there's some crazy shit out there. So no, I'm not letting my kid go in there. It seems to me that Michael does not want Walt to have a relationship with Locke at all. Because also in episode four, Walkabout, Walt wants to go talk to Locke and Michael says no. Yeah, because Michael probably knows that Locke is trying to get Walt to join his cult and he doesn't want him to be a part of that. I wouldn't let my kid hang out with Locke unsupervised either because he's fucking creepy. Is he really that creepy? I think he is. Look, he's a great dude. Like he's providing for the island and all of that. Providing for the island? Ah, fuck, whatever. <laughs> the, the people. Like he's providing for the group. Right. But he's just creepy and you can never be too careful. I'm not saying Locke is going to like 
join the others. Okay, I did say that. But I'm not saying he's going to, like, do something inappropriate. I just don't think he's, like, the best person for a kid to be hanging out with. Yeah. Hurley finds something in the luggage and gets really excited. Saeed is tortured some more and explains how he doesn't know who Alex is. He explains his story of surviving the plane crash and how he found the cable, hoping it would lead to the origin of the French signal that has been playing for 16 years. Danielle speaks French before stepping into the light and asking if it had really been that long since the signal was created. She then tells him that she doesn't buy his story and knocks him out. She's aggressive. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's been alone for 16 years. I know, but fucking hell. He's already chained to a table. Why do you have to knock him out? Well, I mean, she's like, she wants answers from him. Now she has to wait for him to gain consciousness. What if she accidentally kills him? Luckily, this is a TV show where head trauma means nothing. Yeah, for real. They're getting knocked out all the time. And they're like, well, back to my day. Especially Saeed. Like, he's going to have that, that shit that football players get. CTE. That thing. You've seen Dark Knight. It's like when Batman slams the Joker's head into the table. And Joker's like, don't, you don't start with the head. I'll, I'll get all fuzzy. That's true. I was going to ask you what you thought about the French woman so far, but you've already answered that. What did I say about her? She's fucking aggressive. Yeah. What if I have more to say? Do you have more to say? No. Saeed wakes up to find Danielle going through his stuff, and he learns that her name is Rousseau. He asks about the bunker. He points out that the batteries couldn't have been producing the distress signal for so long. And Danielle says that the signal's origin is controlled by the others. And she believes Saeed to be one. And Saeed denies this. So there you go. We've got our first mentioning of the others. So now you know as much as you should. And Danielle asks about the photo of Nadia. And that's when Saeed reveals her name. We get a flashback of Omar tasking Saeed with torturing Nadia. Saeed walks into the room and speaks her full name and how he intends to torture her if she does not cooperate. But she points out that no one calls her Noor. And he should know that. Then they, Nadia reveals that they knew each other when they were children. They played together. Saeed recognizes her and they briefly talk about how he didn't understand that her bullying him was her sign of affection. Then he calls her a traitor to the country and threatens to torture her. Nadia says that she's no stranger to torture and uh, goes through all of her different wounds from different interrogation methods. This was a fucking like real scene. Yeah, uh, this episode was pretty dark. Yeah. And we'll get into it with the with the storyline with Hurley. But thank God they included that. Like, just between last episode with everything and now this, I'm just like, we need some levity. Yeah. It was a pretty depressing. What's it? Okay, you were making a face like you were going to say something else. I don't know. My, my brain hurts. Saeed apologizes if she's innocent, but then Nadia just tells him to get on with it. I'm going to hurt you. And then Nadia responds, I know. Just broke my heart. I never thought he would hurt her, though. Oh, absolutely not. Unless he did, because, you know, they don't actually show him torturing her and all. We do. We see later on some stuff, but I don't know if there was anything in between that. What are your thoughts on the first interaction between these two and just like how quickly Saeed like became softer around her? I feel like it shows that Saeed's a good guy, even if his job is torturing people. He has a soft spot for her. 
I feel like they kind of, when they're alluding to their history of their like childhood, it's just kind of like, oh yeah, we knew each other as kids, but I feel like it must be deeper than that. I mean, because, he probably had a crush on her too. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I just feel like there are people I know from my childhood, but they see it, the connection. There's like tension there. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? If I ran into somebody from my childhood, like if I was at work and I was like, oh, who do I have to torture next? And I walk in and it's Bimbo <laughs> I could not think of a single person that I know from childhood. If it's a person from Waynesville Elementary School, they're like, they're like, remember when we used to chase each other on the playground? I'd be like, yeah, okay, but I still have to torture you. It's in my job description. I have to do it. You've never seen Once Upon a Time, but there's this whole... Yes, like, I have. Did you? I didn't finish it. It got stupid. Okay. Yeah. Well, it has this whole thing where, like, the more evil you commit, the the blacker your heart gets. Right. Yeah. I, so, well, I think Saeed's a good guy. He's obviously torturing people for his job. So he's, you know, blackened his heart a little bit. Then he sees Nadia and it just connects him to a point where he wasn't like that. So I think that's what it was. It, it, a reminder of childhood when you're at your most innocent. And it like just puts into perspective everything that he has become, especially when he's like, well, I have to do it to you now. And she's just like, well, look at all the other things that have happened to me. And he, he thinks to himself, Nadia of all people going through all of this. And I think this is like, obviously when he first starts to question everything and we'll see how it plays out going forward. Totes. Danielle finds Saeed's bullet wound and learns that he's a soldier and Danny asks about Nadia, but then Saeed rebuttals with asking about who Alex is. So even when he's being interrogated, he finds a way to do an interrogation. Answering a question with a question. Should we just say it now that uh, he's hottie of the week? Uh, We can put it on the record, but I have a a deeper discussion about it later on. All right. I challenge you next week. No, stop trying to control me. Fuck off. So Walt asks if he can take Vincent to the beach while Michael is sketching something. Michael says no. Hurley's running around collecting random things. And when, when he's asked what he's doing, he just laughs like a madman. Not to like stereotype or whatever. I'm just really surprised that not a single like woman on this beach has kind of taken Walt under their wing and like kind of become like a motherly figure. I almost feel like it would have been Sun if there wasn't so much tension between Michael and Jin. That little babysitting scene where, like, she's, like, teaching him how to, like, brush his teeth. That was kind of sweet. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, like, the only person besides Michael that Walt seems to have formed a relationship with is Locke. And I'm just surprised because I feel like, for me and, like, a lot of other women, it's like, if there's a kid there, I'm just kind of, like... Oh, like, I'll help. I'll take care of the kid. Like, I'm just kind of surprised. I don't know. I mean, honestly, Michael's a bit like fall in line with Walt. He doesn't really get to hang out with anyone besides Michael. Yeah, but you're telling me if there was a woman that was just kind of like stepping up and offering to help that Michael wouldn't just jump all over that. Just be like, oh, hell yeah. Like, entertain my kid. Take care of my kid. Could be some guilt there. Michael not being a part of Walt's life and maybe he has some sort of resentment towards the mother and he wants to be like, I have to make up for lost time by being the caretaker. I don't know. 
also Walt is a bit of a troublemaker. The second he's out of Michael's eyesight, he's off in the jungle looking for Vincent or disobeying him by talking to Locke. I think it's just easier for Michael to always like be watching him. I don't think it's fair to call him a troublemaker. I don't think that's him causing trouble. That's just like him being a kid. Like he's just curious looking for his dog. How is that a troublemaker? He went off into the damn jungle of mystery. Okay. But he's a kid. Like he doesn't know any better. He doesn't know that the, the, the dangers that are out there, he just wants his dog and he just wants something to do. He's not causing trouble. He's just trying to entertain himself. Back with Danielle, she talks about how she doesn't believe the crash story because Saeed is alone. So Saeed explains that he left because of the shame that he feels for what he did to Sawyer. Rousseau asks if Saeed also loved Nadia, but he reveals that she is dead because of him. Rousseau says that she's sorry and then caresses his face and says that she wants to show him something. I think that is the first little, not maybe not the first, but one of the biggest glimpses into this woman has been alone for 16 years we're like wow she forgot how to interact with humans yeah but i mean can you blame her we see our significant others all the time and we're thirsting after saeed listen that's because we know that he is just kidding so michael shows jack a design uh for showers that he that can be made in the caves and we learn that michael was an artist then Charlie reveals Hurley wants to show them something. Before we go there, how cool is Michael's design? If it's, like, realistic, like, can they actually do that? Michael worked in construction. I feel like he would know of anyone. Michael worked in construction? Yeah, with fucking equipment and tools and supplies. They have nothing. How the hell is he going to make showers? You've literally seen them build shelters on Survivor. I feel like they can put some tubing to get the water to run off a certain direction. It's not going to be like amazing water pressure, but it's going to be water that falls on your head so you can take a shower. Okay, but also on Survivor, they are they have tools. Like they've got shit. They've I'm got just the saying, whatever. I'm I'm just saying, yeah, it's cool if they can do it. Fine. You're kind of starting to piss me off today. I think I came in hot. I don't know why. Yeah, you like, honestly, we've like switched today. I came in in a great mood and now you're pissing me off. There was a lot of bullshit at work this week. Okay, well, not my problem. Hurley shows that he has made a two hole, three par golf course, which I meant to consult with dad if that would be worth anything. But I guess when you're on an island, it would be worth a lot. <laughs> yeah, dumb question. They shame him for wasting time on a golf course. But Hurley explains that they need some sort of distraction from the stress and ridiculous nature of the island. In this moment, we learned that Michael is not aware of the polar bear. Hurley says that just surviving isn't going to cut it and they need to have fun. And I think he has a point. Yeah, definitely. Daniel shows Saeed a music box that has been broken for a while. It was a gift from her love, Robert, not Alex, like Saeed assumed. Said offers to fix it if his hands are freed, which then causes Danielle to prepare a needle to inject him and asks about the writing on the back of the photo. Said begs her not to, but she injects him anyway and he passes out. Then we get a close up of Michael and Jack discussing something very serious. That scene, I was like, they don't brush their teeth. How, how bad do you think their breath smells? And they're like about to make out. 
probably either used to it by now or. Okay. But they don't, they could be used to their own mouths being rank, but they're not talking to each other two inches from mouth to nose. I think it was like, they looked close, but they weren't standing next to each other. Either way, that stank breath is going to travel. They're too close. Fair enough. We then learned that they're not discussing anything super serious. They're discussing which club to use because they are playing golf. Hurley and Charlie taunt them. And right as Jack is about to take a swing, the rash guy shows back up and asks them if he can join and play. We talked about it earlier, but the, the levity scenes spliced in with the seriousness and sadness of Saeed's story was very much needed in my opinion, especially after everything that happened last week. Yeah, I liked it. I like there was a contrast between the content of the scene, but also even just like the colors. You go from dark, gloomy Saeed being tortured to this beautiful mountain scenery with like green grass and a bright blue sky. It was nice. And you've got the nice duo of Hurley and Charlie, which are always funny when they're together. They are very funny together. Would love a uh Buddy Cop spinoff with those two. I don't know about all that. Said wakes up to find that he was sedated only to be moved. And he sees a map of the island that Danielle made. Danielle explains that she sedated him to move him. But then she asks why, after all the torture, would he offer to fix the box? Said ignores the question and asks what her first name is in exchange for fixing the music box. And that's when we learn her name is Danielle. He then asks her how she came about to be on the island, and we get her story. She was a part of a science team. Robert was also on the science team. They were three days out from Tahiti when they got lost in a storm and washed up on the island, and they made this temporary shelter, which she laughs when she says the word temporary. That was two months before the distress signal was made. Said asks in reference to the distress signal that something killed them all. Danielle reveals that on their way back from the Black Rock, the others had become carriers. Said asks what the Black Rock is and if she has seen other people on the island. And Danielle says, no, but I hear them. They whisper. Danielle realizes that Said thinks that she's insane, but Said says that he just thinks she's been alone for far too long. This is an interesting, like, when I was watching this scene, it's one of those things. First of all, I'm watching it knowing that she's not crazy because I know about the others. But it's one of those, like, typical things in a TV show where they're they're trying to make her sound crazy. But, like, the twist is that she's not crazy and that there are people on the island. But I was like, how do people even fall for that type of thing anymore? Because it's so obvious. Right. Like, do and does anybody actually think, oh, she's just crazy? Because, like, the whole point is that, like, this is how it's introduced or whatever. But I don't know. I just think it's interesting because I'm like, she does seem crazy. But I think you'd be dumb as an audience member to be like, there's nobody else on this island. or Yeah. Now, I don't like to throw around the word crazy, especially ones that have gone through like rough times like that. But I think the part that you're supposed to think that she's a little like not all there, it comes later. But I will bring that up. 
but yes, she she definitely at at this moment, if you don't know about the others, you're thinking, yeah, she's she's been alone for far too long. You could understand why Saeed. Um, yeah, you could. I totally understand why Saeed thinks that she's crazy. So what do you make of her story about how she came onto the island? You know that she was with some people. Could you imagine if 45 some people died and left one of our survivors alone for 16 years? I mean, I don't have to imagine it because it'd be like this. Except she seems to have way more resources than they do. She's a whole ass power source. Well, she's explored the island more. Also, she probably just had some stuff from her boat, I guess. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, she's able to electrocute somebody on a table. She's clearly not hurting for energy or whatever. She's got some sort of long-ass cable. Yeah, there's no way that's her, though. That had to have been there already. From the polar bear zoo. (laughs) The polar bear farm. We had another flashback. Saeed is sneaking Nadia some food and offers to bring her more. Saeed asks if she is willing to talk. And Nadia, Nadia points out that because that she's been a cell for two weeks, she's not really going to have much to say. Saeed shows her pictures of suspects and tells her that if she can cooperate, he could probably get them to be freed. But Nadia touches his hand and says that she won't be able to visit him anymore if she's freed, which is kind of cute. But also just really sad. Saeed says that this isn't a game, but Nadia says that he is the one playing a role that isn't him. What do you think of Nadia? She seems like a badass. She's loyal to whatever she's doing. She's obviously been tortured a lot. Pretty much willing to die for whatever. Are we sure she's a part of a cause? Because I have no idea. But it's like, unless she's a dumbass like Sawyer, why is she letting herself get tortured if she has like she's clearly like she's like, I'm not going to tell you anything. So she's hiding something. Well, I mean, we know the first guy that Saeed was torturing didn't know anything. They tortured him nonetheless. So maybe she has, I mean, we'd have to make a lot of conclusions in our heads, but it's possible that she has been like, I don't know anything. And they just don't believe her. Right. But like Saeed doesn't believe that she doesn't know anything. And I trust everything that this man does. So I'm going to say she's part of something. His emotions could be clouding his judgment. But you would think that his emotions would cloud in the opposite direction. His emotions would make him think she's innocent. Right? Right. But instead, he's like, I don't want to hurt you, but I definitely think that you have, you know, betrayed the government or whatever the fuck she did. I don't really get it. We know that she's essentially trying to turn Saeed and make him run away with her. So it's possible that she's just... If he is the only one interrogating her and he's being gentle with her, then it's possible that she's just putting up with it until she can get him to run away. Because that seems to be her end goal. Maybe. Back on the island, Boone tells Shannon that someone built a golf course and that Jack is playing. Kate overhears it and cannot believe it. The three of them go to check it out, but Sawyer jokes that, of course, Jack's playing golf. He's a doctor. Which I get, but also at the same time, it just does not seem like something Jack would want to do. It's a rich people thing. Jack is like such like a control freak, though. And like, I feel like there's a lot of parts of golf that you can't control. Mm. Nah, I feel like Jack, not so much of like, 
his personality, but his upbringing just tells me like that guy golfs. Yeah. I just feel like he's, he's so impatient that it just doesn't really make, make sense yeah, but for me. Maybe he needs stuff like that to help him relax. Kate tells Sawyer to come with them, but Sawyer points out that he's hated amongst the group after um, the whole forcing a kiss for exchange of not having anything. But Kate tells him that he should make an effort to rejoin the group. Honestly, I totally get what she's saying and that he even tries to do it later, but it kind of annoyed me because, oh, from one outcast to another, like make an effort. It, to me, that's like telling somebody with depression to be happy. If you're an outcast or like an introvert, the whole point is like, it's hard to make an effort. He's an outcast because no one knows him and everyone hates him. If he got Yeah, because one. he's a dick, like because he doesn't make an effort. So to me, it's just like telling somebody like, yeah, you should smile more. I mean, I get it. Like I'm proven wrong because he goes and he does it. But I just didn't like it. I don't know. I just didn't like it. I think Off Island Kate was very similar to Sawyer. And like walls up, kept her distance. And on the island, she's making the effort and she's become a pivotal part of the group. Sawyer could do the same. I agree. I think the difference is that like Kate didn't start out the way Sawyer is. Kate like crashed on that island and just decided to be a different person. Like she's like, I'm not a criminal here. I'm not a fugitive or whatever. I'm just going to be a part of this group where it's like he landed and he's just like, I'm still an asshole and like, whatever. Now like, he has to make his way back from being an asshole. Yeah. Saeed shows that he fixed the music box and Daniel thanks him. He says some things can be fixed. And I think that would be a really cool tattoo. The music box and then some things can be fixed. Yeah. But like I said before, I don't like words. No more words. Why not just the music box? Like, and then you know what it means. It's just pretty. And then you know the symbolism. Would you like that? The music box? Yeah. Probably not. Yeah. That's why I didn't think you'd go for it. Okay. But like, I'm not going to go for it with the words either. Like, I like the scene and everything. I just actually a different line in this episode stood out to me way more. And I did think about it as a tattoo, not for me, but just like in general. Can you remember it when it comes up or should you say it now since we forget? No, well, well, it'll definitely come up. I'll remember. Danielle tells him that she cannot let him go. Then a roar startles both of them. And Danielle says that if they're lucky, it's just one of the bears. And so he's like, if we're lucky. (laughs) I was really hoping that she was going to elaborate more on what the fuck the monster is because he's like, is it like the monster or whatever? And she goes, there's no such thing as monsters, which to me implies that she knows what he's referring to. And it's not a monster that like, it's something with a logical explanation. Right. Like she's like, by the way, the polar bears, because there was a polar bear farm. Now there's a polar bear King. Like, Ask Lauren Kohler about it. She knows all about it. And then the monster is she's approximately eight years old at the moment. Yeah. But, but in the future, she's going to know a lot about it. So just listen to this kick-ass podcast and she'll tell you all about it. <laughs> It'd be funny if Said was like, how have you been here for 16 years and you don't think there's a fucking monster in the jungle? Yeah. I just wanted her to like, uh, I know this show doesn't just like give you answers when you want answers, but 
I wanted more. Like I wanted her to say something else. Like what if you get all the way to the end and they never explain the monster? I'd be so fucking pissed. I'll delete this podcast from existence. What would you say your like biggest burning questions are right now? Ooh, burning questions. Uh, what the fuck is the monster? I'd say your biggest questions that I feel like I get from you are monster and what did Kate do? Yeah, that that's, I think of everybody's storyline. What did Kate do is like my biggest thing. And then, yeah, what's the monster? And where is the polar bear farm? Yeah. And are there more, do we ever see another polar bear? Or is it that it? There's just one. I'm not going to say anything, but I will point out that Danielle said bears, plural. One of the bears. I heard it because there's a whole ass farm. (laughs) But imagine what's going through Saeed's head in that moment. He's like, one of? (laughs) If we're lucky? (laughs) Like, what's worse than polar bears? But you have to think if there's one polar bear, you're not just going to assume there's one polar bear on an island. You're going to assume there's more. (laughs) one lucky polar bear just like roaming around that line out of context you're not gonna assume there's one polar bear on an island (laughs) i mean but you know what i mean like if you run into a polar bear you're not like oh thank god this was the only polar bear that was out there that guy definitely has friends had he's dead now r.i.p we get another flashback omar orders saeed to execute nadia as a message for the others to talk he says, do it or I will. So Saeed opens up her cell and she's looking rough, but her spirit is still good because she says, what did you bring me today? And kind of like a adorable voice. And he tells her to get up and she says, are you going to hurt me? And then we get a commercial break. But in this time, I just think to myself, I always forget every time I watch the series, how amazing Nadia is. I love her as a character. So I'm assuming we're going to get more of her. I don't know. Obviously, I feel like she's you can't... supposed to be dead. No, but he says later he's been hoping for seven years that there's some way that she survived. And so I'm seeing it as like he doesn't know for sure. He right. thinks she's dead because he kind of they left on uncertain terms like, yeah. But she might be alive. There are some characters on this show who have a one-off appearance that I'm like, yeah, they were great. Like Randy. Who said Randy was one-off? There's no way. We're going to get more Randy. I don't remember. Randy sucked, though. (laughs) I was thinking more like the polar bear. Or the pilot. (laughs) Oh, I do love the polar bear. Top three. Top three. Yeah, for sure. Polar bear, uh, Vincent, and uh, the boar. Nah. The boar was a dick. Yeah, sorry, not the boar. Um, Rash guy. (laughs) Hives guy. Sorry, sorry. Sora uses the screwdriver to escape, takes uh, some maps and a rifle, and books it. Back at the golf course... But he left the picture! Of her. Did he? Yes, they fucking show it. When he's leaving, they pan to Mm. the picture of Nadia. He left it there. That made me really sad. That is sad. I didn't even realize that. Mm -hmm. Back at the golf course, Jack is apparently amazing at golf. 
like the entire beach and caves camp is now there watching everyone. And Kate says that she almost didn't recognize him because he's smiling for once. Uh, Kate asks how he came up with the golf course, but Jack credits Hurley saying that he's been trying so hard to make everyone feel safe, but Hurley did it with just some childhood fun. I wouldn't call it childhood fun. Yeah, not at all. Actually, the only child on the island was not allowed to participate, actually. Yeah. I have a rant for that in a second. But first, we talk about hottie of the week. I kind of want to start maybe thinking about MVP of the episode. Is it Hurley? It's absolutely Hurley. Okay. Or, Or maybe Saeed, since he actually was progressing the plot. But Hurley was, like, doing all sorts of shit. He threw together two courses in, like, five seconds and made everyone forget that their lives sucks for about an hour. Yeah, okay. Hurley, MVP. Also, it feels like this episode was, like, over the course of a day right it's only two courses so if they are two holes two holes sorry yeah i was thinking that like it felt like they were out there all day but two holes is gonna take you like if everybody is taking a turn then i guess yeah maybe or maybe they just done the course like 15 times or maybe they just kept maybe they made more you know like they were like, oh, for now. And then they were out there like, okay, let's just make another one real quick. It's just a, it's a stick and a shirt. Yeah. So Hurley and Charlie are goofing around a little bit. Nice little levity for the scene, especially since we now know Nadia's is going to die in the flashback. Is then, levity your favorite word? Oh yeah. I just wrote it down every time in the notes. I feel like it's one of those words. Cause like, I've never used that word ever. It is the word of the day on my calendar. That's literally what I was going to say. It's like one of those things where you're like, oh, I learned a new vocab word. I'm going to use it all the time now. Well, this this scene was not levity. That's about to happen right now. (laughs) (laughs) Michael pissed me off in this moment. Yeah. Oh, my God. What comes up? Go ahead. Okay. No, it's fine. Explain the scene and then I'll rant and we can rant together. Right. Walt comes up. Tells Michael he was left alone at the caves with a sleeping Claire, who's just not in this episode, apparently. She hasn't Uh, been in, like, any of this, except for eating imaginary peanut butter. What the fuck is Claire doing? She's being pregnant. Okay. Uh, Michael apologizes and asks if he wants to play golf. Walt says no, because he feels like people are waiting, and he doesn't want to, like, cut in line. But Michael insists. But then it's Michael's turn. And he's like, all right, catch you later. <laughs> like that was, that was the opportunity. Shit. I literally was watching this and I'm like, oh my God, what a nice moment. Michael is like really stepping up his dad. And then I'm thinking, they're like, Michael, it's your turn. I'm like, what a perfect opportunity for him to say, actually, I'm going to let my son take my turn. And he goes, ah, fuck you, kid. I'm going to go play golf. <laughs> Honestly, I, I was flabbergasted fucking ridiculous it doesn't make any fucking sense i think they thought how can we make michael look like the biggest jackass dumbo father fucking ever i like that michael's like i really want you to experience this but you will not fuck up my score i'm too under par right now (laughs) i just honestly it it was just ridiculous 
Poor so, fucking Walt. So now Walt has to go off into the jungle and find Locke in his fucking creepy knife throwing thing. And who the hell knows what's going to happen there? Why didn't Locke want to play any golf? Because Locke is busy forming Throwing his pulse, trying to find the others so that he can be like, I am God. The God is I, and we are all the island. Sorry, I have feelings about There's that. a deleted scene where Locke is like, I'll play golf, but I'm not going to use a ball. I'm only going to be throwing a knife at the hole. <laughs> Saeed is working his way through the jungle, and Danielle is tracking him. He aims his rifle at her and tells her to drop it. She doesn't, and he says, don't. With, like, some real emotion in his voice. Like, he really does not want to hurt her. What could he be thinking of? The flashback scene, where Saeed takes Nadia to the exit and gives her specific instructions on how to escape. She asks him to come with her, and he tells her that if he deserts, they will kill his family. He says, I wish I had your courage, and Nadia tells him that he has more than he knows. But after Nadia takes a photo of herself and writes a message on the back of it, Omar appears out of nowhere and finds them. He asks what Saeed is doing, goes for his gun. Saeed warns him not to to do it, but Omar calls a guard, so Saeed shoots him. Nadia tells him that they have to run together now, but Saeed says, no, I'm just going to shoot myself in the leg and pin it all on you. You may have been innocent, now you're not. That's where he wins Hottie of the Week, but Hottie of the Week doesn't seem appropriate this week was it hot yes he is hottie of the week but he is also hero of the week he is sacrificer of his own leg of the week i mean he knows where to shoot himself he didn't like i know that hottie of the week doesn't cover it i feel like it's too shallow of a title for him this week because he's a great guy that's all i'm I'm trying to say he's a great guy And I love him. Typically, these episodes really find a way to shed new light on on the character that it's centric over and really make you like them even more or start to like them for the first time. This episode did none of that for Saeed because he already was the best. Yeah, all it does is like just confirm everything I already thought about him. Like, he's the best. Saeed gives Nadia his gun and tells her to run. And Nadia runs away, leaving him with the picture and the message. So Saeed tells Danielle not to raise her gun. She does. He fires. But Danielle reveals that she removed the firing pin. And Robert made the same mistake of not noticing that before she killed him. Danielle also reveals that she killed all of her team because they were sick and she could not let the sickness spread if they were to be rescued. This is where I start to think that maybe she is off. Yeah, because she doesn't talk about like, what did they do that made her think that they were sick? She's like, they were already gone. But if every single person got sick, except for her and she killed all of them, that tells me she went a little crazy. The only thing that makes me question it or would make me question it if this was still my first time watching it, but I did. Robert learned that the firing pin wasn't there. 
meaning he pulled the trigger. True, but what if it was because he's defending himself? Like, she's already killed everybody else, and he's like, fuck, she's going to kill me now. I have to defend myself. He goes to kill her, and she had removed the firing pin. So, like, I don't think that really... I mean, they very well could have been sick, but I don't know. I guess it just feels, brings in like a whole new plot line of like sick with what? Right. I'll tell you this. That was the question that Kate was asking me constantly when she first watched the show. She's like, sick with what? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, but honestly, I'm pretty curious about that. I might be actually more curious about that than the monster. Because I don't understand how, how many people were they with? She never said. I know, but they never said. Okay. So uh, whatever, an X amount of people, like we know there's the husband and some other people. How does everybody get sick and they're living in assuming close quarters? Was her child sick? Was the child born on the island? Are we going to, or did they... They wouldn't have had a kid with them on a research trip. So I'm assuming she went on this trip pregnant or got pregnant on the island. Spoiler alert. Alex is the kid. They say that in this episode. I know. It just hadn't been revealed yet. <laughs> For anyone who's listening along and refuses to watch the episode and is just learning as I tell you things. Well, that's their fault. But yeah, I'm not going to tell you any of the answers to those questions. Yeah, I'm just, I don't want the answers. I'm just thinking out loud. Thinking out loud. Yeah, I mean, it's not unreasonable to think that she was just pregnant when they got there. If it was supposed to be like a short research trip or whatever. Yeah. Saeed tosses his gun down and says that he isn't sick. But Danielle tells him that she has to kill him because she cannot let him go. Because to have someone to talk to, to touch. Then why would you kill him? She could touch a dead body? Saeed's not going to stay. He's just going to keep trying to run. Right, but like... He's not going to be there either way. Right. Why have a dead body on your hands? She's not all there. Yeah, I guess. I just think, I, I don't know. Why? Ra- you're right. You can't rationalize to somebody who's being irrational. Syed reveals that the writing on the back of the photograph says, if you will not see me in this life, see me in the other. I don't think that's what it said. It is what it said. Word for word? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Are you positive? Oh God, I would fucking. <laughs> because maybe it just sounded a lot better coming out of his mouth. Because that's the part that I was like, "Ooh, that would make a tattoo." Well, what do you think the quote said? Something like, "Find me again if in this life, if not another." Like similar, but like just like a little bit different. The IMDb trivia for this episode says that the note site is reading from Nadia in the beginning of the episode in Arabic translates to, "If you will not see me in this life, see me in the other." Okay, I guess maybe it just sounded different coming out of his beautiful mouth. It also is kind of weird. It notes it in the trivia. The message is in Arabic, but she wrote his name in English. On the envelope? Yeah, that's what, that's how uh, Rousseau figures out what his name is. I know, but she doesn't have an envelope. She writes the message. So how do we um, know she wrote his name? I think the envelope is just like a random envelope that he like right. put the pictures in. And then wrote his own name on it. Well, but it could have been like, an envelope from like a birthday card that had his name on it. And then he just like grabbed the envelope, put the pictures in it. Fuck the birthday card. It's from Nadia. <laughs> just don't need that. I don't know. I'm just saying. And he says that he's hoped every day 
for the past seven years that she is alive. But the more that you hold on to hope, the more you pull away from those around you. Reminder that this episode's title is Solitary. Said says that the only way off the island is with the help of the, his fellow survivors, and he has to go back to them, and he asks her to come with him. She gently touches his face and gets up to leave, but she warns him to watch his people very closely. Before she leaves, Said asks who Alex is, and Danielle reveals that Alex was her child. So she's basically insinuating, like, watch to make sure they don't get sick? Correct. Are they going to get sick? Don't tell me. So I feel like this episode was kind of eye-opening, answered some questions. But when it's all said and done, I feel like we have more questions than answers. Yeah, I barely have any answers. I have way more questions. Like, Here's what I have for questions that a first-time watcher should have. And you let me know if you have any more. Wait, shouldn't I be the one to come up with the questions? Because you might have, like, bias. Go, go, ahead and, go ahead and say it, and I'll say if, you, if there's any other ones. Because, like, maybe you think there's a question, but it's because you know about something else. Okay. These are all just from Danielle's story, so you go ahead. Okay, whatever. Here's my questions that I have. What the fuck were they sick with? Who are the others? And we hear the whispery thing at the very end of the episode. So, like, are they... There? Have they seen Saeed? That's my question. What is the monster? Because she seems to have implied that she knows what it is. Even though that was an already existing question. Whatever. Where is her child? Because she didn't kill the child. She's looking for the child. Where is the child? And if she's been there for 16 years, and let's assume that she was pregnant when she got there. She could have gotten pregnant because she was there with her husband. And obviously they don't have birth control and condoms on the island. But let's just assume if they've been there for 16 years, this child could be a teenager at this point. The message was recorded 16 years ago. And she said that they all died two months before she, or two months after they got to the island. And in the message, she says they're all dead now. So at the very least, it has been 16 years plus. Right, because... There's only a two-month window for her to have gotten pregnant. If she was not already. If she was not already. Okay, so let's say this kid is at least 15 years old. Where the fuck is the kid? I'm assuming dead. But why, what happened to the kid? So the only questions that I have listed that you did not touch on are, what is the origin of the signal? Danielle mentions that it's under the protection of the others. What's what the is, black rock? What is the black rock? And what is this cable? Yeah, so the cable, I'm assuming, has nothing to do with her. Like, that was already there. And I'm assuming it's providing the power source for whatever this signal or whatever. Who put it in there? That's what I'm saying. It's whoever set this island up as a polar bear farm all those years ago. They really had the infrastructure. Like, they were really going to make a dynasty of this polar bear operation but you know how it goes with the polar bear king and all of that what do you think about the overall interactions with Said and Danielle I think she's off her rocker a little bit and he's very patient with her I think it's interesting to see Said in the torturey role because you would think that he would kind of know what 
to do? Like, what is the torturer looking for? And I mean, he did, he got out of it. He like kind of gets information out of her, gets whatever. I don't know. But I like them together. I think they have a fun dynamic. Fun, for, fun as a viewer. I think they have a tense dynamic. Which is fun. They give me stress. Why do you think that she didn't come back? She just said to have someone to talk to, but refuses to come to have 45 people to talk to. Yeah, but I feel like her focus is finding her child. Does she ever give a gender to this child? Alex could be a boy or a girl. Saeed says he a lot and she never corrects him. Okay. Well, I'm going to continue to leave this a non-gendered child. I think she's still focused on fighting Alex and like just kind of going to join this other group would almost maybe to her be like giving up like, Oh, I'll just join these other people. Like I'll have people to be around. Maybe she's also afraid of like the sickness or whatever. So yeah, those are my two. That's probably it. He invited her and she said no. And then immediately said, watch them. Yeah. So I think she's like, Oh, everybody's going to just, they're all going to get sick and I, I survived it once. I'm not going to be so lucky again. Stay here with all my battery powered electrocution or whatever. And lastly, what was your reaction in the moment when she revealed she killed all her people? I don't know. Just kind of like, oh. it was, but it's a bit shocking because she talks so lovingly about Robert and the, and the music box. And then to reveal that she was the one who killed them. Plus she also said it killed them. Not I killed them. Yeah, like, it makes me think that she's either so fucking off her rocker that she is truly convinced that they were sick or that they were actually sick and she really felt like her the best thing to do was to kill them. Like, almost like a zombie-type situation. Like, once you're bitten by a zombie, like, you're not you anymore. Right. You know what I mean? Back at the Island Open... Charlie misses his shot for par, and it's Jack's turn. If he makes it, he wins. And everyone starts making bets. Sawyer shows up, and in an attempt to reacclimate himself into the group, he offers up two tubes of sunscreen and a flashlight. Uh, everyone ignores him, and he tries to walk away before Kate and Boone get in on the bet, and it's basically assumed that he's welcomed back into the fold. I think I just don't understand betting. Because he... Here's what I don't understand. No idea. Sawyer says, I've got two bottles of sunscreen and whatever that says he chokes. So he's betting that Jack does not make it. Right. And then Boone's like, I'll take that action. And Shannon goes, you just bet on Jack. And then he goes, yeah, but we need the sunscreen. But wouldn't he still be betting on Jack? Because if he wins, then he gets the sunscreen. Like, I'm just, I'm like genuinely just confused with how betting works. I don't know if the writers know. But I think maybe the only conclusion that you can make is Shannon's like, you already made a bet. You're making a second bet. Like, can you do Yeah, that? but the way that she said that, she goes, you just bet on Jack. Yeah, like, I, I, it seems like he's going against it. I, I don't get it. I guess, I guess if you're saying Boone is like, I'm on Sawyer's side, which means if Sawyer wins the bet, he gets to reap the rewards as well as Sawyer, which is sunscreen. Yeah, but I, that's not really, I don't think that's how that works. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, And we don't even know because we don't see what the shot is. 
Yeah. Why don't we even see if he makes the fucking shot? Honestly, that was my biggest question of the episode. I think because they didn't want to, sh- they didn't want to show how putting on grass that has never been cut looks like. I was thinking that. I was like, that's actually really short grass for an island that whatever. And like, how are they going to maintain that? We got polar bears grazing. Right. Hundreds of them. A whole farm, some might say. Locke is practicing his knife throwing, but calls out to Walt because he knows that he's watching him from the jungle. He asks if Michael knows that Walt is there, but Walt asks him if Locke will teach him how to throw the knife and Locke hands it to him. How do you think this is going to go? With another knife wound. I don't actually think anything like bad is going to come of it. I just think it's weird. Yeah. Last scene. As Saeed is stumbling his way back to camp, the wind is whistling and howling around him. And you can hear whispering. Yeah, that was creepy. I wonder if, if like Saeed was like thinking, am I going crazy? Or is she right? Or did all of those 15 head wounds that I've been given over the last three days are finally finally catching up with me? Yeah, that's true. He's probably, God damn it, I have a concussion. (laughs) All right. What were your overall thoughts of this episode? I know you were very excited for your boy, Saeed. Uh, Good episode. I liked it. I liked that it was sad and happy. I hope Nadia is alive. Do you want to see more of her? Yeah, I just want him to be happy. But I guess if he doesn't know, and like, how will he ever know? But I just hope she's alive, even if he doesn't know. And she seemed like a cool chick. I don't really get it. Like, I I don't truly understand that war and everything. But it seems like they're on opposite sides. But I I feel like I'm on her side. (laughs) I don't know that. Don't quote me, because I might have just said something really stupid. They did not give us enough information truly to know. I mean, right. we don't even know if she's on a side. She could just be wrongfully imprisoned. Yeah, but I don't think she is. I think she's like a rebel. Like, I think she, like this for Star Wars, she's a rebel. She's Leia. Yeah, and I'm on her side. But yeah, good episode. Okay, can I get my guess real quick for yes. who I think next episode is? Yes. I do not think it was obvious. And my guess is... My first guess is Hurley. Okay. My second guess would be like a Michael slash Walt situation. Give me your reasoning for both. Hurley just because like he set up the golf thing today and it didn't really focus on him, but just he set it up. Right. The Michael Walt because we were seeing a lot of like Walt being bored, Michael trying to parent and failing. And then it ends with like Walt wandering off to like be with Locke. Right. Yeah. So if you remember, I told you that the pattern is the person who gets the second most development gets the centric episode, the following episode. And that pattern holds up because next episode is titled Raised by Another and it's a Claire episode. What the fuck? You're joking. She wasn't even in this episode. No. That pattern will continue eventually. Did not continue this week. That's not fair. That's not fair. Okay, fine. 
Well, hopefully it gives us like something about her. I feel like she's been there the whole time. Or not there. <laughs> so I have to assume that means like the baby's coming soon, right? Like a Claire episode without her giving birth. Well, you, got tw- you got 25 episodes and you only have 12 characters. So just assume that people are going to get more than one. Well, I know that, but like typically whenever there's a flash, like the episodes about them, they have a plot on the island and we're getting flashbacks. So I'm assuming if not labor, then like at least some Braxton Hicks or something. Do you know what that is? Nope. It's like false labor. Like you start to have contractions. Your body is like almost preparing to have a baby, but it's not labor. Right. So that is solitary. You are one episode away from 10 episodes in, which is about as far as anyone I recommend the show to, to watch makes it. Speaking of being one away, I have been refreshing our TikTok feed all day, trying to get that 100th follower to finally appear. We are at 99 right now. Hopefully by the time this episode comes out, we'll be well over 100. Yeah, hopefully. I'm shooting for 1,000 people. Didn't I promise something at 1,000 TikTok followers? You promised at 500 that we would create a Vincent-centric episode. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, people. I hope we're at 500 by the time this episode airs, but I really don't think we will be. Oh, God, no. <laughs> okay, listen. We're, my... not even at, we're not even at 100. Okay, but my TikTok that only has like 10 videos of my dog on it has 500 followers. And I did not try to get them. So why does our TikTok, where we post videos like multiple times a week, and we use all the right hashtags and all that shit. And we have like no followers. I think loss is a bit more niche than cute dogs. You're right. Izzy gets followers without even trying. And I don't even, I haven't posted since like 2019. My personal account that doesn't have anything on it has 93 followers. <laughs> you don't even have a profile picture. Okay. Well, speaking of TikTok. Follow us on all of our social media. You can find us on TikTok at laurengetslost.pod. You can find us on Instagram at laurengetslostpod and on Twitter at laurengetslost. Has anybody tweeted anything? Yeah, I've tweeted the links to the first two episodes. That's it? Yep. I don't know what to do with Twitter. I'm going to be honest. I don't have Twitter. Our DMs are open if you want to bully Zane. Or tell me that I'm right in whatever argument we had each week. Comment on our TikToks. And, you know, if you want to see certain content, I don't fucking, I don't know. You also could share with us your comments and thoughts on the episodes themselves. Right, that, yeah. Um, Don't forget to rate and review us. Tell your friends, share us. It means a lot. And join us next week for a Claire-centric episode maybe she'll actually show up for this one she doesn't (laughs) thank you for listening to lauren gets lost this podcast is hosted by and edited by zane kohler with co-host lauren kohler produced by kate worcester and our music is by david kohler and remember they were not dead the whole time